All right, welcome to this week's episode of the Sustaining Artist, episode six. I am Shoni Shukri, and this podcast is brought to you by Locked in the Attic Productions, cut together by Patrick Shearer, a Locked in the Attic Productions in New York, and sound captured by Marco Anish right here in the tiny studio in North Hollywood. It is September, and we are still interviewing people that have moved from the East Coast to the West Coast. I have been negative towards LA in the past on this show, but this week I was sitting at home looking out the window with the sunset going down, and uh, I talked to myself, you know what, I actually don't hate Los Angeles. After I'm in, I'm in my second year now, um, I just started my second year in LA, and I'm starting to hate it a lot less. In fact, I was even thinking to myself, I could actually see myself dying here one day. Just like that great song, I Want to Die in Los Angeles. I was just thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I well, we Los have Angeles. very similar taste in music, which we'll get to. We, the first time I met you, I'm here with Ashton Glover, uh, the actor and musician. Um, are you ready to do this, Ashton? Yeah, let's go for it. All right, let's go. My day job is making me older. In my suits look like they are loners. And I hate the things I do. And we are back. Ashton, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. Yeah, you, absolutely. How are you doing? Good? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing well. Where are doing you coming well. from? Where are you living nowadays? Uh, so I'm living out in Boyle Heights. I uh, just moved out there from Highland Park. Um, where exactly is that? So Boyle Heights is like East Los Angeles. Um, Near Glendale? South. Definitely south of there. Uh basically sits uh, right outside of the Arts District. Um, it's kind of gorgeous, actually, because uh, when you leave downtown L.A., uh, you know, you just you just drive straight east from there, so it's just sort of like where I sit, like I can actually see the skyline, and that's something that I have missed desperately since I've come out here. Is it is the rent a little cheaper out there? Yeah, the rent's definitely cheaper. So how long did it just take you to get to North Hollywood? Um, it took me about 45 minutes. And yeah. do you, uh, Where do you work right now? Do you have uh, a gig somewhere? Yeah, right now I'm working in uh, downtown L.A. at Clayton's Public House. And sort of like a like British pub. How long does it take you to get there? Fuck British pubs. <laughs> <laughs> in my uh, biased opinion, there's no Irish pubs in LA. Though. There's like four, and they're all shitty. So you're probably yeah, better yeah. off. There. No, like they're they're. I've, you know, when I first moved out here, I think like, I was still uh, drinking pretty heavily. Um, I remember the first St. Paddy's Day. Like I was like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna go out and do a bar crawl, and then I was like. Can't go anywhere. <laughs> There's nowhere to go. <laughs> yeah, they're they're lacking. Any New York uh, bar owners come out here and open an Irish pub. Where are you from originally? I'm from D.C. You are from Washington D.C. Uh, you grew up there. Yeah. Um. So I grew up uh, half in D.C. and then uh, half on a little farm down in Southern Maryland, uh, oh, okay. which was a uh, you know extreme dichotomy. A dairy farm. <laughs> uh, it was a uh, corn. Let's see, uh, we rotated uh, corn, winter wheat, and beans. Oh, yeah. so what was that, labor-intensive? Uh, you know, like, we uh, rented out the land to sharecroppers, mm. uh, so, like, it wasn't too much on our part. Oh, good. I'd, like, tend to animals and do that kind of stuff, too. Nice. Yeah. We had a guy on here a couple of weeks ago who got a gig in L.A. feeding goats and cleaning up horse shit, which <laughs> was pretty original as rent jobs go. Yeah. <laughs> show you, God. Yeah, no, I've, I've worked a few really bizarre ones. Like, out here, it's just been uh, bartending. But back in New York, New York, I worked some real curious, like, last minute. Like, I'm in three plays right now. How do I have time to work? What can I do? <laughs> uh, and I wound up selling pickles. Pickles? Pickles. I was selling pickles for a period of time. It Was it McClure's in Brooklyn? Uh, no, but I definitely sold uh, out of, like, a grocery store, like, right next to 
that area. So when you were in Washington, D.C., did you decide you wanted to be an actor when you were in D.C.? Um, I kind of grew up that way. Uh, my, want- yeah, like my dad was a uh, playwright um, and a director. Oh, really? Yeah. Did he do uh, much work in New York? or? Uh, yeah, he did some new, uh, work up in New York. Um, and then he had a uh, small play troupe in uh, D.C. as well. Oh, so you got into it from the beginning then? Yeah, I mean, like, when uh, when I was born, my dad was working in the restaurant industry. Like, he'd gone back to, uh, you know, opening up restaurants, mm-hmm. and that was, you know, incredibly intensive. Uh, you know, he was, he was, you know, putting in 17 to, like, 18-hour days there, and, you know, like, it was good money, but, you know, he's, he's an artist, and he's a creative, and that took a very, very serious toll on him, you know, mm-hmm. just opening restaurants. Uh, and he went back to writing. You know, when he went back to writing, you know, like, uh, all the money that came with the restaurants, you know, went right out the window. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's uh, he. You saw like a light come back on inside of him, and uh, you know, like that was that was one of the moments that I realized, like, it's just like I have to do acting. You know, it's mm-hmm. just like that was the thing that like I was born with that like I love doing. How did it work out for him when he went back? Did he have uh, success? Or? Yeah, yeah, no, he's he's definitely had some success. Uh, he uh, he does both now. Um, he does uh, like restaurant consulting and uh, writing projects. Have you ever well. starred in one of his plays? No, no. Uh-uh. That would be interesting being directed by your father. Oh, I'm I'm not sure if I could do that. Yeah, my dad and I both have like really intense personalities, and that would be mm-hmm. that'd be an experience. <laughs> 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 like it's you know like uh, he and I we uh, we get along really well uh, these days. But uh, there was a time where uh, remember we were uh, shoveling snow off the uh, roof of a barn, <laughs> and we couldn't even agree on the best possible way to get that done. I, I was ninety <laughs> percent sure that one of us was going to throw the other one off the top. Of the roof. <laughs> I could imagine getting a note from direct uh, a director and saying, "Fuck you, Dad." <laughs> so when did you decide to move to New York? Was it to pursue the acting? Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, and so, what about the music? You were you were in the band too, right? Yeah, I played music for a little while. Okay, um, played uh, some folk punk. Uh, that mm. was you know very Frank Turner. Yeah, very heavily inspired by Frank Turner mm-hmm. and Brian Fallon from the Gaslight Anthem. Love the two of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and definitely you know some you know huge influence from Against Me. Laura Jane. Yeah, yeah Laura Jane. My, one of my favorite bands. Um, so you moved to New York and and when? God, I'm trying to remember. I think it was 2014. 2014, I was there. Yeah. Um, so where did you live when you got to New York? So when we uh, when we moved to, I moved up there with my ex, um, and we moved to, God, what was the name of the place? It was owned by the same people that owned uh, McKibben's Lofts. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, it was just like this, this giant old warehouse that had been converted into, like, living spaces. In Brooklyn? Yeah. Um, and it was just... It was an overpriced, absolute shithole. Um, like, they knew what they were doing. They'd created this space that was, you know, An overpriced, absolute, absolute shithole. shithole. It sounds like every apartment in New York uh, this, City. This was the absolute worst, <laughs> man. I mean, like, it was literally just sort of like, you know, like... Like, these, these lofts used to be, like, you know, when you were, you know, hooked on heroin and, like, you were playing in a punk band, like, this is where you lived. But then they were just like, wait, wait, this is... We can sell this. This is uh, this has that, like, edgy, romanticized, you know, starving artist feel. We can, right. we can push this. Um, so it became sort of like this uh, crash pad for, you know, like, people who had all just moved to New York. Um, and it was, it was really funny because, like, when I moved there uh, with my girlfriend, you know, I kept looking around the neighborhood. I was like, I, I know this place. Like, I, I know this neighborhood. Like, I've been here before. 
And then I was like, oh, holy shit, I came up here and this is where I stayed when I was recording an album in New York. But it was just like when I was staying there for the first time, it was like, it was right off the uh, Morgan stop. Mm-hmm. And, uh, on the L. On the L, yeah. And the first time I came up there, I was like 19. But when I came up there and I was 19. You were out of your mind? Oh, yeah. I, was, I mean, I was out of my mind fucked up. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, oh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, but, you know, it was, it was all heroin addicts. Like, you know, it was just mm-hmm. like people were just shooting up on the side of the street. What were you paying there? Uh, we were paying, I think, like, after after utilities man like we were almost paying like 1800 a month for, like this like dingy little cardboard box like we 1800 yeah i'm like we took it because like it was it was desperation really mm. like we were any like, rats or was it rat free at least no no there were there were rats um but the bed bugs were the uh the biggest thing there um we actually oh. we had a clause like put into like our like writer where we were just sort of like if there's any issues with bed bugs like you know it's just sort of like it's up to you guys to take care of it mm-hmm. like you know you know, you we need you to pay for the exterminators oh and do all God. that. So sure enough, we got bed bugs, um, and they were like, "Well, you brought them into the building, and that's why you put it into the rider." And like, you know, they were total fucking assholes about that. And like, clearly, like it was just the building. The place was infested. Like mm-hmm. it's New York, and this is a place where it's just like, you know, clearly a lot of people run Airbnbs out of it, and uh, you know, it's just sort of like this, you know, weird transient fucking like house, bizarre. Eighteen hundred a month. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a bargain <laughs> for New York. I my buddy uh, woke up one day. He was paying two grand a month to live in a tiny studio the size of this room. Yeah, um, which is about ten square feet by mm. ten square feet, and uh, it's just a room and then a, 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 a little door to a tiny bedroom. Yeah. And he wakes up one day and he's hung over, out of his mind, dying like from a two three day bender, mm. and he's just kind of staring towards the bedroom, and he hears something. He's like, "What the?" And next thing he sees a rat coming out of the toilet. Oh, fuck off. And it just covered in whatever. It comes out of the toilet and it starts running around the apartment. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a like drug-induced like hangover oh, withdrawal. Oh, God. Like, like somebody on a train spotting. Yeah, exactly. Like it's some sort of like manifestation of your own like, you know, inner self. <laughs> yeah. This shit-covered rat crawling out of the toilet. <laughs> yeah. I mean. There's yeah. something incredibly poetic about that. <laughs> yeah, there is. Yeah. Um, so, how did New York work out? Uh, did you get book much acting work? Yeah, um, you know, like I did a lot of like, uh, I did some student films like while I was out there, uh, and then I did a lot of like small plays. How long did you spend in New York? Uh, I was there for I think like, about like three, three or four years. Just selling pick hills and doing plays. Yeah, exactly. I mean, bartending, <laughs> bartending for the most of it. Okay, bartending yeah. in New York is lucrative. It was, we'll it get was, to that in LA. Yeah. It's, you make money, you, but the problem with that so money, money distracts you from what you really want to do. Exactly. Yeah, you get very comfortable. Yeah, I yeah. mean, like, yeah, you get you get comfortable, but also it's just sort of like you know, like the culture of the reason that you make so much money in New York as a bartender is because of that intense drinking culture, mm-hmm. um, and which you know, is like, hard not to participate. Exactly. In. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's zero repercussions. Like you don't have to worry about a DUI. You just hop on the train, and it's so encouraged there, mm-hmm. uh, and it's so much the norm. Um, and like I, you know, like I've over the course of like, you know, like the last uh, year, you know, like I started off doing like 45 days sober and then did upwards of like 50 after that and then build up to 97 and I was like, screw it. Like I'm going to do a hundred. Um, and I don't think any of that could have happened like while I was back in New York. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Did, um, 
what was why did you decide okay I'm moving to LA what happened was there like a, an incident or just... yeah I split up with uh with my ex back in uh New York um and then I went back to DC for a year and uh I was just kind of like saving up some money there's a theater scene down in DC right there is actually yeah. it's did you have any um, luck down there uh I didn't really try like I knew that I wanted to go somewhere else were you bartending yes oh yeah right. yeah I was I was I was putting in uh like just I'd go into one bar open it up at 10 in the morning uh, and then I would walk across the street and uh, clock in at the other bar and oh. uh, close that bar down at 4 a.m. So did you save up some money to get oh, to Los Angeles? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So when did you get here? Um, I got here, uh, I'd come this come this January. It'll be uh, two years out here. Oh, cool. Yeah. So did you did you consider going back to New York again or were you just over? I did, actually. Like That's what I was thinking about doing until uh, I came out here and I visited a friend. Um, right. and it what time of year did you come out and visit? came in August oh okay because yeah, I came in in December one year and it was 80 degrees and I went back to 8 degrees in New York and I was like alright I'm well, fucking moving to Los Angeles yeah I mean like you know and that's that was something that I would have been like expecting but it's just, I'm gonna I came die in, in Los Angeles <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna die out here this is, this yeah. is it um, well I know what theme song we're playing to in this episode so <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> so, um so who's the band that uh, plays that song again? Dead to me, dead to me. There we go. That track is so good. Yeah, it's the best. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is. So you were. Um, you were taken away by New York or by Los Angeles mm. in August. You were like, okay, I'm going to give this a try. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, like when I came out here, you know, like I was leaving D.C. And D.C. is this, like, you know, humid, just miasma of a swamp. Um, you know, it's just sort of like I remember uh, I used to deliver kegs around D.C. And uh, there was one day we were working and it was about 120 degree uh, heat index with mm-hmm. the humidity. And, you know, it's just sort of like we were slipping in puddles of our own sweat. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gross. Yeah, exactly. It was, you know, just nuts. So coming out here from the end of a DC summer and stepping off the plane and there was no humidity. It was like just 80 degrees. I was standing in the shade and I was like, I could use a sweater. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just perfect. Um, now we're in the third week of September right now. It's the exact same. It's perfect that's, outside. You know, that's, that's one of the things that's really amazing out here uh, is exactly that, but also um, weirds me out. Uh, because it creates this permanent vacation kind of mindset. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to my dad about this. Uh, you know, like, I, I do feel to a certain extent, like, people do move a little bit slower out here. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, they're, they're a little more chill. And I, I, I kind of wonder, like, if a little part of that comes from, you know, growing up on the East Coast, you get seasons. And once a year, uh, you get to look around and see everything around you die. <laughs> and it reminds you you're gonna die too <laughs> uh, this episode is getting very morbid <laughs> where the hell did you think it was gonna go uh, yeah true. <laughs> consider the first conversations that you and I have had together yes which we will get to um, yeah I do miss watching the the leaves change color. Actually, no, I miss seeing them die. <laughs> I just want to, death, man. <laughs> oh, 
Christ. <laughs> yeah, and they do. They'll die in New York for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah, if the if the if the change of season doesn't get them, the hurricanes will get them. Yep. Um. So you like it here, or was the first year tough? Is it getting better? Uh, yeah. No. Like I mean, like when I came out here, I already knew a bunch of people. You know, like uh, you New already York. did. Yeah, New York and L.A. You know, like they trade people back and forth. Yes, uh, they do. Yeah. yeah. So coming out here, I, I knew a bunch of people, and one of That's them. That's good. Uh, there was this uh. So when I found my first place to stay out here, um, like I was, uh, I signed the lease, and at the time that I signed it, I was violently hungover, um, and I went stumbling out the door, uh, and I was like, "Oh, thank God! Like I found a place I can stop pretending to keep my shit together," and immediately ran into like one of my old uh, friends and customers from New York City, uh, and he was like, "What the hell are you doing out here?" And I was wow. like, "I live here," and he's like, oh, "I live right there, right across the street from each other." That's amazing. And he's an incredibly talented writer and director. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, he and I just started hanging out and kind of like tossing some ideas around. And, uh, you know, next thing you know, like he's he's putting stuff out. And he's like, hey, come be in this. Um, and, like, it's just like things just start happening much more. Context, quicker. man. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So you've been doing more work out here than you were in New York? Definitely. Yeah, it's just all we talk about here is filmmaking. I think it's the, like, New York's great, but L.A. is where you got to be. Yeah. I really think so, you know, and... Again, it, the contacts can be harder to make here because, but then again, like you go to bars in New York, you're making contacts with shitheads who talk I, a lot of exactly. shit. Exactly. And know? like, I mean, that's that's the way it is everywhere. But I mean, you know, I think a lot of people come out here with the intention of making big contacts right off the bat. They're like, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm going to meet a producer. The prize they're, they're is bigger me, here. They, yeah. And they yeah. Can, you know, but I think that's also a. You know, if you're really trying to make it and you're trying to shape yourself like as an artist, I don't, I think it's it's great to come out here and start working with like you know like indie filmmakers. Mm-hmm. You know, be excited about that mm-hmm. uh, because you know it's just like that gives you you know like it's you actually get to be you know like the the lead mm-hmm. on the film. You know, instead of uh, you know just going in and having these bit parts and bit parts and bit parts. You know, instead like work with like you know like smaller independent people and that way actually build up a good reel, like build up something that you have mm-hmm. to show off. I mean, like that's just where I'm getting to now. You know, coming from a stage background, you know, like I didn't have a reel when I came out here. And, uh, you know, right. people were just like, well, are you good? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm fucking great. I'm, like, I'm a damn good actor. But do I have a reel? No. Uh, so, like, now, like, there is there is a, you know, after doing a few short films this summer, yeah, I literally have something that I can, like, hold on to and be like, no, look at this. Like, I am a damn good actor. Yeah. I can tell you from being on the other side of it, um, like, if I, I'm not even going to consider giving someone uh, or asking for a self-tape until I've seen the reel. Exactly. Yeah, like that's so important. Yeah. I would even like tell people, go do student films for free, whatever exactly. it is, as long as yeah. they have a nice camera. Because a lot of these film schools, man, like they have the best equipment. So granted, the DP might be a rookie, but he's got a fucking Alexa. Uh-huh. Yeah, and yeah. I bet that sounds good too because they have all the best sound equipment. Oh, no, totally. Like yeah. I've done, uh, I did some work with uh, USC students, um, like even before I started uh, bartending over there. Uh, and, you know, just the stuff that we got inside that little, like, I guess it's the kind of like this little black box, mm-hmm. uh, but it's set up like a real TV studio. You could slap that director around too and tell him what you want. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, you call yeah, those just... shots. <laughs> I call the shots here. It's amazing to me how many expressions in life are based on filmmaking. You yeah. know, like I call, I call the, the shots. shots. Yeah, yeah hey, real shot caller, all that jazz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so many. Um, so how um, has it been for you creatively in LA and lately? You like is 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 there anything here that makes you less creative or more creative? More creative, absolutely more, more creative. In what sense? Um, 
coming, I mean, like, once more, okay, like, in New York, you know, there was a very aggressive drinking culture. Yeah. Uh, and I was making a ton of money from bartending. Mm-hmm. So there was always that uh, that little voice in the back of my head that was like, ah, I could just, uh, you know, I could just stay in this career path. Mm-hmm. Like, this is fine. Yeah. Um, out here, I hate bartending out here. I can't stand it. Well, the money's not as good bartending here. It's not as good. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's just not the same. It's not like you're working in a neighborhood bar. The guy these... sitting at the bar has his car keys on the bar in his pocket. Exactly. He's not ripping shots, or at least you don't want him to. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's and the whole thing. And that's yeah. high pressure, too. Is like, what if this guy leaves the bar right now and gets into, like, God, it's, it's on me, it's on you, you know? Yeah. So you have to be careful with stuff like mm-hmm. that too. Yeah, no, it's just like I don't feel comfortable. Like, you know, like in New York, like I was fine over serving people. Mm-hmm. You know, like it was just sort of like that's once more the culture of it. Like, yeah. you know, you have that seventy-five-year-old oh, yeah. dude who's had ten shots, and you know, like that's just his Wednesday. Yeah. Um, but like out here, it's just sort of like I'm like, nah, dude, like, you're about to get behind the wheel of a car. Like, you know, like that's not only your life, that's someone else's life. Yeah. You know, it's just like I don't, I don't feel comfortable with that. Yeah, it, yeah. You talked about DUIs. Have you ever had any issue with that? Oh yeah, yeah. I, uh, I was on record as uh, you know, laughing uh, when I blew. Uh, and <laughs> the cop looked at me and he was just like, you know, what's so funny? I, was like, I blew a point lower than my little sister. Uh, <laughs> Down in L.A.? Uh, no, that was, back in, uh, that was back in D.C. Right. Yeah. So yeah. what was the punishment for that? Uh, God. Um, five years probation. Shit, really? Uh, yeah, five years probation. I was looking at uh, 30 days. but they waited Was that your second one? No, that was my first one. I only have one. Oh, it's strict in D.C. then? Yeah, it's very strict. Um, They're worried you might kill a politician or something. <sighs> yeah, probably. Uh, but uh, actually, I mean, like, I got mine out in Maryland, which is worse. Uh, it's so much worse because uh, drinking and driving is a huge problem in uh, southern Maryland. So they really started cracking down on it. Mm. Um, so there's just uh, very little yeah. very little wiggle room there. So it was like $5,000 in fines. Uh, it's even worse in L.A., right? Like, I know a guy, I think he's, it was ten grand. Yeah, and like a year of community service or yeah, whatever. Absolutely. Fucking, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, like it's, I mean, like it's people, people just actively drink and drive down there. You know, it's just yeah, like got we like talked about that recently. Yeah. I think it was on episode maybe last week or the week before uh, last week. It's an epidemic out here, drink driving. Yeah, yeah, you got to be careful. Yeah, but you know, I'm very anti-drink driving. I don't like anyone should drink and drive. But also, I can relate to people making terrible decisions when they're blacked out. Yeah, you know, I think the secret you got to go out and leave your car keys at home, oh, or absolutely. leave the car and the keys at yeah, home. Yeah, because like after yeah. a few drinks, you don't really have control over. Yeah, you don't. I like point. no stranger to bad decisions. Yeah. And then you you talked about being hungover and drinking a lot. Um, I talked to Trent on uh, episode four uh, about like. Um, this idea that you can't be uh, as creative when you're sober. Yeah, that's what I was... Well, actually, I mean, like, that's what I was kind of getting around to there is uh, being sober uh, just boosted my creativity. Like, oh, 100%. Tenfold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's I think that's the other reason that, like, uh, being out here in L.A. has been so good is because I've spent most of the time sober. Good. Yeah, I haven't had a drink or mind-altering substance in nearly seven years besides Red Bull and Monster. <laughs> and if you look at my record, there was fuck all work done before that. Exactly. It was just me sitting on a bar stool in New York talking to people about all this shit I was doing. Precisely. I yeah. was that shitty contact. <laughs> oh, I met a guy last night. He's writing a screenplay. He says he's going to cast me. Meanwhile, there's no work getting done. Just me talking shit. Just talking shit, you know. So, yeah, I, I, I don't buy that at all. But mm. there are other distractions like video games. Yeah. 
Oh my god! I just went on a two-day bender with fucking Red Dead Redemption, and I I feel disgusting. <laughs> I feel sick. I feel gross. I feel like I've let myself, my whole family, everyone I've ever worked with down because I I put. It's just it's just an embarrassment. It's also, fucking there's, embarrassing. There's, there's that point around like hour like seventeen of a video game bender. It's fucking embarrassing. Where, yeah, you're sitting there in your boxers, like you of know, course, almost the Domino's box. Exactly. And- you're breaking out your face exactly. and pimples. Yeah, 100%. And, like, you, like, you kind of take a moment, like, put down the controller, and then, like, you have to, like, look at yourself, and you're just like, God, I'm so glad that no one who sleeps with me can see me right now because I would never get laid again. I'm never going to get Ever. a job. I'm never going to get a woman. I'm never going to get anything. Uh, I felt like a real – I felt ashamed of myself, honestly. I, I'm going to put the PlayStation in the box down and get back to work. Like, I do that, like, a three-day bender, and now yeah. I won't play it for four months. Oh, yeah, that's but smart. it's like it just – it just like it's so much self hatred comes from the video games, mm. like. But yeah, but like drinking drugs and all that is probably worse, worse than you know. Get but a PlayStation it's... Four, especially if you're just getting so. Yeah, get a PlayStation Four, but at some point you got to put that baby down. <laughs> I mean, it's just like I think uh, you know, like people with addictive personalities will find anything. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, Red Dead Redemption Two is a really fucking good video game. Yeah, it's and the dialogue is good. I do feel like I I, I took something away from it. Yeah. Yeah, playing Madden, not really. Yeah, Madden, yeah. like World of Warcraft, those, just, those wait, games, oh it's, just, it's very repetitive. Um, yeah. And it's just like, you know, you get, you get stuck into like this this loop of it. But uh, And I feel like in January in New York or D.C., it's snowing outside. You don't get as much guilt. Exactly. But it's like, I should have been on a hike. I should have yeah. been sitting outside a coffee shop That's, working on a script. That really is the other thing out here is there is so much to inspire you, and there is, uh, there's never an excuse just to lock yourself inside. No. You know, it's just it's always gorgeous out here. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, it's, yeah, but um, what have you done to, outside of solitude to meet people in LA? Have you taken acting classes? Yeah. Just, oh, how is that? How, how are the acting classes? Are um, they expensive? You know, yeah, they are. Some, I mean, some of them are. Um, I was uh, I was studying Meisner with William Alderson, um, and I want to say his classes were like uh, two ninety eight a month. Um, I make, and you can go what five times a week? No, with uh, with him you go twice a week. Okay. Uh, but the work that you're doing. In a Meisner program, it's uh, it's very focused. Yeah, uh, I've noticed actors when they start Meisner, uh, it, they, they they take a huge step back before they take a step forward. Yes. they start overthinking everything. Uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. And yeah. like it's which is funny because like you know like the base work of Meisner is, you know, just basic presence, a listening, know? right? Yeah. yeah. Um, being present in the scene but like I get a lot of Meisner actors rookie Meisner actors they come up to me and they're like I, I just don't know why my character is saying this line and I'm like because it's in the fucking script that's why you're fucking saying it it's in the script the best acting advice and it's so like opposite of Meisner is uh, uh, remember your lines don't knock over the furniture yeah like, actually that's, uh, you know, it's funny because like in the studio we actually do have a little sign that's hanging up there it just says uh Say your lines, hit your marks, get the fuck off the stage. <laughs> Solid advice. Solid. Yeah. Yeah. This over like thinking everything. It's for a, from a director's standpoint, it's so fucking I think, annoying. I think that's make the decision yourself. Yeah. Leave me the fuck be. I think that's just like a rookie actor mistake in general. Mm-hmm. But like, I, I do get what you, where you're coming from with like the overthinking thing. Like, there's so you. Um, I I met you a year ago. Um, I've really. Enjoyed. You have. You're very intense. You have a lot of rage in you too. I can tell. Um, and now you had a cast on your arm, and you told me the short end of the story. And uh, there's no way we're not going to talk about oh, yeah, this. Yeah. What happened to your hand? And I know it was related to acting class. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was in a Meisner class. Of course. And, uh, 
you know, thing was like I did Method before I did Meisner. Um, but right. I, I, did... I, 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 I'm very slow to let a method actor on you my shouldn't. set. You shouldn't. We're not jobs. <laughs> uh, yeah, it just I, I don't want. To... <laughs> yeah, but go on. <laughs> yeah, uh, you'll, you'll get some good stuff on camera, but literally everything else is going to be just terror. Um, yeah, so I go up on stage. I'm doing this uh, this emotional prep for. Uh, you know, an, an emotional prep is creating a strong uh, emotion to let ride under the scene. So it's just there's something going on. Even if you're not even going to use it in the scene, it just creates something for like the lines to float on top of that. Mm-hmm. Is that's it's just it's very honest. Um, so I did this uh, emotional prep trying to you know create you know anger. Uh, and when you do these, I have a feeling that was not an issue. <laughs> Yeah, it was right there. Um, but yeah, so I get I get up on the stage and uh, you know like I do it and immediately my instructor is just like he's like stop, and I'm like I was just like, all right, and you know, he's just like you had nothing, you had absolutely nothing, there was nothing inside of you, get the hell off the stage, maybe maybe I'll let you go up again. So you know like I get off stage and I'm walking past and he grabs me, you know and he's he's this like little seventy five year old guy he grabs me. And he's just sort of like, if you're feeling anger, don't be afraid to express it. And then, like, kind of like, let's go of me. And, you know, I, I go sit back down. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to do a method prep. Um, so, like, you know, the difference between, like, Meisner and method preps is ultimately that uh, Meisner encourages you to use imaginary circumstance. Uh, whereas method is just sort of like whatever it takes to create that feeling, go there. So I just I went back to some very aggressive past trauma. Uh, and... You know, in seconds it was right there, and just this this immutable well. Uh, I'm terrified just listening to the story. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, it's it's just it's it's one of those things that it doesn't run out. It's something that I've used a number of times for a lot of different emotional preps, and but through Meisner, I've learned how to temper it and mm-hmm. be able to leave it uh, a little bit quicker. Uh, but ultimately, it comes from uh, a situation where I desperately wanted uh, to change something, uh, and I couldn't. And, uh, yeah, well, um, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, I did that prep, I go up on stage, and I'm up there with, uh, Barry Primus. Barry Primus is a very talented, uh, actor, he's, you know, like, well into his 60s, he's, I mean, he's in the, he's gonna be in The Irishman with, uh, De Niro. Oh, cool, yeah. So I'm on stage with him, and, uh, you know, we're doing it, and, uh, you know, he says something that just cues all of it at once. What do you say? I, I can't even remember, yeah. uh, but it just, it just... It just hit hit the nail, and uh, you know it was, it was going to be him or the door. Uh, and I turned around and with the actor said it or the director said act, it. The actor said it. I was we were you know it was two of us up there on the stage. So uh, there was no lines. There was no script. Uh, it was it was more of like a just like situational okay. improv. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I turn around and like you know like the first the just first blow like I feel like my hand fracture. You punched. I punched the door. a door. Yeah, there was a door right behind me. Um, and like, yeah, there's 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 a lot of layers to this. Um, but yeah, so like I hit the door. And, and the door one. Oh yeah, but I wasn't too happy about it. I hit the door like five more times. Like I had, my hand fractured, but I kept swinging for a while. Um, no one called like cut or lights up or fuck. Uh no. Um, I don't think that anyone realized like how hard I hit the damn thing. Uh, so actually, I finished the exercise. Uh, there was like another like four minutes of it. With your hand broken. With my hand broken, yeah. So now you're out of work. Uh, yeah. After that, I was I was out of work for uh, like three months. Burnt through all my savings, like oh. everything that I had put away. This like, was last was, summer, right? 
Or last fall? Yeah, this was uh, this was January. Oh, okay, the winter. Fuck. Yeah. So you broke? Do you have to get surgery? Uh, you know, I probably should have. Uh, there's still a piece of my knuckle, uh, oh, sitting over the back God. of my hand. But I, what I will say is that from doing that, uh, you know, like I was always good with emotional preps. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've got I've got a lot to pull from uh, that just makes it effective for me. Yeah. Uh, sure. But from doing that exercise that time, I found uh, never before had I, I just the moment that I started doing it, I felt this. It just hit this like this little chink in my armor, um, and. Uh, it, it just set in and now it's just sort of like when I go to do emotional preps for other projects mm-hmm. I just wait until I feel that like just that part and it's just sort of like I know whatever prep that I'm building once it hits that part mm-hmm. like that that little little piece at the core of like my being that's a prep I can use right. um, so I was up on uh, on set for uh, this short film Getaway uh, which is uh, you know written and directed by Ben Floss um, incredibly talented young director uh, and uh, I was I was up there and uh, you know it's it's a very very intense film. Um, you know it starts off with just like you know like trouble in a relationship between like a husband and wife and then they try and go up onto this little like Airbnb vacation spot and they're up there and this dude's trying to kill him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, we were there was one day where I was just openly bawling for like three hours. On set. On set, yeah. Um, and it was beautiful stuff. It was great. Um, so you know it's just like and then you know like once that was over like I could just kind of clean my hands mm-hmm. step away from it because of the Meisner training oh that's good uh, least, but, yeah you can just leave it there yeah exactly um, it's, it's, it's do you still work healthier. at that acting class you know I was I was thinking about going back but uh, I kind of want to experiment with something else this yeah. year well, that um, acting teachers you know yeah I respect anyone that teaches but like at the end of the day unless you're paying huge money you're learning from an actor that didn't make it yeah so like I take things with like a pinch of salt sometimes. And, yeah, like, I mean, and like, they I push think... you and they push you and it's like, dude, like, yeah, yeah, chill. I think it was. I mean, like I really needed the classes because uh, uh, before them, um, like, you know, drinking was a very uh, deep part of my process. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't like you know like I had to have like it was two shots of Jameson, one IPA. Uh, and that's what I would have before I would go into anything. Into um, an acting class? Into an acting class, into a performance, into a rehearsal, wow. just anything. Yeah. Um, because it was like, otherwise, my emotions were so closed off and so far away. Have you tried meditating? Yeah, meditating has been massive for me out here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really helps with presence. That's better than yeah. two shots of Jemison yeah. and the beer. absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, talking about uh, creativity, and we talked about Frank Turner before. Have you listened to <laughs> his last two albums? Yes. Um, Fuck. I love Frank. Yeah. You know what the problem is? Is he fell in love a couple of years ago. He's got a girlfriend now. Yeah. And he, all his and it's, music it's a good love. Is, like, that's well, the thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm happy for him. Well, no, no, like, that's what I'm saying. That's what the problem is. The problem is that it is a good love. It's good. It's, yeah, it's not, she it's needs not to cheat on him with his best friend. <laughs> Break his heart so we can get a good Frank Turner album. Yeah. Like he's he put out a song or an album, Be More Kind. Yeah. Let's take a listen to it. In a world that has decided that it's going to lose its mind. Be more kind, my friends. Try to be more kind. Like what the fuck is that? Like no like Oh, okay, God. I get it. The message is nice, but like, you know, I was, I was has no one ever said that before? Yeah, I was listening to it on the way over, uh, and yeah, it's it's yeah, trash. It's, I'm sorry, yeah. Frank, but it's trash. Um, 
Maybe it's, falling in love is more destructive than anything for creativity, right? Well, actually, I think it's it's achieving, uh, getting the love that you want. You know, because if you look at, like, a uh, Gaslight Anthem, um, you know, when Brian Fallon was, you know, at his best, as far as most people will consider it, uh, you know, it was, it was when he was really pining over, you know, just getting his heart ripped out of his chest and mm. just getting it walked all over. And, yeah. Like, you know, he was... Heartbreak is good for creativity. Oh, it's amazing for creativity. Yeah, clearly dude. falling in love isn't. Oh yeah, I mean, because well, I mean, once you're in love, like I think it's, it does make you. A, I don't want to use the word complacent, but I think it does make you a little bit complacent, mm-hmm. um, because yeah. it's just sort of like everything that you, or at least I would imagine, everything that your soul craves is being uh, met. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's no longer that dire need to do more. Mm-hmm. Um, His album, Positive Songs for Negative People, that, well, that, was, that helped, was remarkable. really helped me in life. And yeah. I listened to music while I write, and that was like a good one. So, you know, I only wish Frank Turner the best, but like his last album was about forgotten women of history. It's all mm-hmm. 12 ballads, yeah. which is a nice and, idea. We get a Frank, you're woke, but like yeah. it's just I mean, like a lot of trash. A lot of that definitely carries over into uh, Be More Kind. Um, you know, like there's yeah. like the lioness and all of that. Yeah. And it's it's funny because a lot of it, you know, it's just like I was listening to it and like it was very reminiscent of Frightened Rabbit, mm-hmm. um, like a few of the tracks. And then uh, some of them also reminded me of uh, Amico the Devil. Mm-hmm. If you, uh, have you heard any of his no. stuff? You would, you would really like it. It's, uh, it's gothic country. Oh, cool. I'll um, check it out. It is grim. Uh, just <laughs> grim. Uh, nice. You know, and it's just sort of like, it's, it's got a very similar, uh, instrumental and vocal style to that, which, uh, Frank Turner uses. And it makes sense because, uh, the dude from Amigo the Devil, he played in like, you know, like hardcore and. You oh, know. you did send me his stuff. Yeah. 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 There's, about there's killing people yes. and stuff, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> but oh, was it one about the necrophiliac too? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. yeah. I actually wrote a script about a necrophiliac. Cool. So what are you working on right now? Uh, so we literally just wrapped up Get Away. Um, that's the short that was uh, the short horror uh, and then horror is that your genre I don't think so usually you're a drama not, guy right? that's yeah. the thing but that's why uh, that's why I wound up getting uh, put into this is because you know well actually I mean it was funny because initially uh, my buddy uh, Ben he was just sort of like yeah like, I want you in this thing and uh, you're gonna be the killer you're gonna be my killer oh I see that yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was a compliment <laughs> I think you'd be a good good killer in a movie uh, but then he auditioned me and he was like no no I want you for the male lead um and it was, uh, you know, both parts, like, I would have I would have been so happy to do. Like, they're both really amazing parts, like, because, like, the killer has this, he's very sad, uh, you know, and it's just sort of, mm-hmm. like, it's, what he's doing, he doesn't, it's it's not, it's something that he's forced to do, more or less, mm-hmm. uh, and that would have been very He's a serial killer, or he just kills someone? Oh, he's, he's a serial killer. Okay, yeah. misunderstood, probably. Um, more or less, like, there's this uh, very, like, bizarre mysticism um, mm-hmm. to, like, the script, where it's just sort of, like, basically, there's this, the property that he manages, uh, it needs to be fed. There's a darker evil, like, living beneath it. And, like, it's been, like, so the killer, like, uh, uh, he's required to feed that. Mm. Like um, Dexter. Basically, yeah. Mm. Very, very much so. Right. Um, well, it's such a hot thing now. People are obsessed with serial killers between Ted Bundy and Charles Manson. There's so many of these things being made. Yeah. And horror is just such a huge genre, too. Like, there's so many horror festivals. Mm-hmm. You don't see that with other genres. And I think mm. it's one of the easier things to get produced right now, it, too. Definitely is, uh, and like I'm very excited for this one to tour um, some of like the festivals. Have you seen it cut yet? Uh, no, I've just seen a few scenes from it so far. Okay. And what was it? T- Fifteen pages or? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so it was, like it was a twelve-minute movie or something. You know, actually, I think that was, was a little bit over fifteen. 
Um, because like we definitely have enough footage for this to be like a forty-five. To get minute. programmed to festivals, you want it to be below fifteen because yeah. they like to do four in an hour. Mm. So four, fifteen, sixty minutes. So they'll, to, they'll probably just be two different cuts of it. Like they'll do one. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. a good idea. Yeah. So um, anything uh, in the pipeline? Um, yes. Uh, there's a uh, another horror film. Uh, Coming up, a horror uh, short or uh... another? Yeah, it'll be another horror short coming up uh, in about a month's time, and then after that, uh, there's a uh, feature that's in the works. Um, nice. That I'm gonna be uh, jumping into. Uh, so I'm, I'm very excited for all of those. Uh, so a year so. from now, you you're still gonna be in LA? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you no intention of leaving? Uh, not right now. I mean, like honestly, like there's there's no real timeline on any of this for me. It's just mm. you know keep doing it and be wherever I have to be to do it and that's just very clearly right here but you know what I've been hating on people in LA over the last few weeks but I, I'll say this the locals in I Los Angeles are great Yo, it's the people that move here buttons. and turn into assholes okay, it's us. I've noticed that yeah <laughs> they say when you move to LA you either uh, you either become what it is or you stay miserable uh-huh. <laughs> so I'm like hopefully stay in the middle but um, yeah it's the people that move here that are the biggest assholes so yeah. it's not LA you no know? it's not like, it's really not yeah uh, like the locals here are absolutely incredible yeah people and move here and they, they feel like they need to be this like and like the amount of people that here walk around like thinking they're famous when they're well, not yeah I mean like that's the thing I mean like I think Instagram breeds a lot of that culture as well you know it's just sort of absolutely. like people come out here and they're like I want to be this so I'm going to start flexing like I'm this like they will literally rent cars that they can't afford and waste money making it look like they have all the money in the world. I went to the gym this morning before we came here. Yeah. And uh, Girls Gym in Hollywood. Mm. And there was a guy with his shirt off with dumbbells doing curls. 20 pound dumbbells, first of all. Like, are you, like, what a joke. And there's a guy on the ground with his fucking shirt off taking pictures of him. I'm like, what is going on? But you know what? That's not L.A. They probably moved no. here from Michigan last oh, yeah, 100%. year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And they're just like, oh, yeah, this is what people are like here. You know, it's Hollywood. It's ho-. like, And that's the other thing. Like, people act like assholes. When you call them out of it, they say, oh, it's Hollywood. Fuck you. You cannot justify being a cunt because of the location. <laughs> Fuck you. You know? But uh, anyway, um, <laughs> on that note, moving on, where uh, where can people find you on social media? Speaking of Instagram, uh, you can find me at uh, not Ashton Glover, N O T A S H T O N. But it is you. That is me. Right. You had something too about need a haircut. Oh yeah, probably needs a haircut. Probably needs a haircut. That's your bio. Yeah. Yeah. That's about it. Nice. Well, I think you should keep the hair. Although the girl last week on the show, Morgan, had hair longer than yours, and she shaved her head. It was it was really cool. Oh, it's pretty bad. Yeah. If you guys haven't listened yet, listen to episode five. Morgan was. Morgan Dixon. Morgan Dixon, Ashton Glover. I've got people with cool names on yeah. the show this season. Yeah, I've got yeah. a track. But, uh, yeah, right. So, anyway, Ash, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm sure everyone listening wishes you the best. I appreciate it. Keep man. meditating, man. And, and, and sobriety um, it sounds like it, it works better it for you creatively. So so. Yeah, you I love both. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was Ashton Glover. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you to everyone that's reached out since we put the podcast up. This is episode six, and uh, you guys are great. I love the feedback, and thank you so much. For the rest of the month, we will be continuing interviewing people that move from the East Coast to the West Coast. Then we're off to Chicago. You can also follow the Sustaining Artist on Instagram. Uh, shoot us a message if you like the show. Leave us a subscribe or 
leave us a review and if you're interested in coming on the show shoot us a message all right that's it for this week we'll chat to you guys later Ooh.